how we can look to achieve this weirdness stopping. Uh, with that, so both Dennis and Kamiko are amazing, amazing servants here uh, at North River. I, if I were to tell you how many things that they were involved in, I would still be talking in like 15, 20 minutes because they are, they are just invaluable, not just to the EDGE ministry, but to North River as a whole. They have put tireless amounts of work and effort into so many things. And we are so, so blessed to have them. And I'm excited to hear from you both. And so thank you and welcome. Thank you, Michelle. I'll just take that. Hey, man. You know, when you get an introduction like that, you just feel like sitting down. <laughs> because anything you say afterwards may just take away from it. So, But on a serious note, I'm honestly thankful to be here. Um, I, I remember, what, three years ago when we had Journey? And just to see that all the good that came from that. So I'm just looking forward to all the relationships that are going to be formed this weekend, all the koinonia that's going to take place, which we're going to explain what that means later. You'll understand what I'm talking about. But everything that's going to take place as a result of you guys being here, God is in our midst, and he's going to make some magical things happen. But my name is Dennis Pickens. I've been a part of the EDGE ministry for the last six, going on seven years. So I know a thing or two about living life as a single man and trying to honor God in your singleness. And this is the awesome Kamiko Langston. Since the moment I got here, she's been one of the sisters I've looked up to, uh, not only for her just awesome faith in the Lord, she's also an accountant. And so, you know, being in the accounting profession, it's good to see, you know, someone who's in your profession is just living for God in that way as well. But we're, we're really part two of stopping the weirdness. You know, if, if, you know, Jeff and Lynn, they're, they're more like the main course. But we're, we're dessert. So everyone loves dessert, too. But what we're really going to talk about are, are some more practicals along with that, as well as some experiences that really helped us in shaping a culture. Because that's what we're interested in, shaping a culture of fellowship and koinonia that really helps to address the weirdness. So I'm going to start with a quote. And bear with me, because it's a long one. But you guys can, can do it. All right. Strong community is formed by powerful common experiences. As when people survive a flood or fight together in a battle, when they emerge on the other side, this shared experience becomes the basis for deep, permanent bond that is stronger than blood. The more intense the experience, the more intense the bond. When we experience Christ's radical grace through repentance and faith, it becomes the most intense foundational event of our lives. Now, when we meet someone from a different culture, race, or social class who has received the same grace, we see someone who has been through the same life and death experience. In Christ, we have both spiritually died and been raised to a new life. Reference scriptures, Romans 6, 4 through 6, in Ephesians 2, 1 through 6. And because of this common experience of rescue, we now share an identity marker that is more indelible than the ties that bind us to our family, our race, and our culture. So in other words, the world. That's really what it's about, guys. You talk about stopping the weirdness. It's remembering who we find our identity in. If our primary identity is in the Lord, 
that that dresses so much. Because of course I'm seeing you like my sister. Of course I'm seeing you like my brother. We have that common bond that's thicker than blood. Salvation is thicker than blood, water, political ties, anything that the world has to offer. So that's where, first and foremost, we have to seek to find our identity. And so today, like I mentioned, we're going to seek to, to really talk about building a culture. And we're going to be sharing a lot of the things that we've been learning here at North River in the singles ministry. Um, not to say we, we're perfect. Definitely want to say that. But I, I think God honors a little spiritual entrepreneurship. Amen? When we, when we try to bring him glory by trying new things that have scriptural uh, backing and principles behind them, but, but we're trying our best to honor him. Um, Jeff has already mentioned this. He, he, he definitely hit the nail, uh, the ball off the park with this, but I want to come at it from a different angle. Uh, John 13, 34 through 35. Um, I'll give you guys a quick second. I'm going to start reading. You guys are probably familiar with it anyway. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this Everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. People know us by the love that we show one another as disciples. You know, it's not just the, the glue that keeps the saved saved. It's the honey that attracts the lost. I, I know that's, that's what the case was for me. I still remember back in 2012, I forget when the first Avengers movie came out. I think it was in, it used to come out in May or April Somewhere around there, yeah. yeah. So I'm dating myself. I'm, you know, like I said, I'm coming up on seven years. Um, but but I, I was just studying the Bible then. And Michelle, who actually uh, welcomed us a minute ago, and Marcus, who did the prayer, were part of uh, the, the family group that I was going out to. And they invited me to go see the Avengers. And I'm a Marvel fan, so I knew at that moment I could hang with these guys. <laughs> I, I could spend some time. And then afterwards, we really got to dig deep. I think we may have went to La Coretta which if you guys know anything about North River, that's basically our cafeteria. We go there every, every, every Sunday, most of us. But we hung out and just had some meaningful dialogue and conversation. And it was just such a stark contrast from the rest of the world for me that I was like, man, I like this. This is, this is different. We're, we are that, you know, the Bible talks about us being a fragrant smell. You know, I, I think when people see us in deep, meaningful fellowship, they think they smell the difference in a good way. And that just draws us, draws us, draws us in. After all, that's what the early church did. We look at the early church and we're like, man, wow, in Bible times, they really had it going on. But guys, we, we have that today. The same Spirit's working in us. You know, Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47, we, we know, you know, most of you guys know about heart. It talks about how the early church devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread, and to prayers. You know, that word fellowship there, uh, in the Greek, it means koinonia. And honestly, like most English words that have become overused at time, over time, we start to, we start to lose sight of what that really means. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back up a bit and, and, and do a little bit of a biblical scholar work. You know, that Greek koinonia, it, it means so much more than what we use it today. Um, it means, let me, let me get my notes, it essentially means and embraces the word community, communion, joint partnership, sharing and intimacy, 
And the level of intimacy that it's talking about there is actually the same intimacy that a man and a woman has in marriage. And I know if you're thinking like me, you're thinking like, hey, as a single, like, how can I, how can I have that? You know, you, you, you just got, he got, he just got finished saying, be happy in my singleness. Now you're telling me to, you know, try to have this, this, this intimacy. Well, we can, because we've seen a template of that in Jesus. You know, Jesus loved the church so much. What does the Bible say? That it, it is his, it's his bride. That, that actually the template for marriage is based off of how Jesus loved the church. You know? And what did he do for the church? He died for her. He sacrificed for her. He inconvenienced himself for her. He did a lot. And, and, and if we love what Jesus loves, we have to love in the exact same way. And let me talk a minute to the men. I, I feel like I have a license. I've been, been doing this for a minute, the single men. So let me, let me talk briefly with the men. Um, to be honest, I, I, I know most of you guys want to get married one day. You know, um, not to say that you have to. You know, we just, we just went through a group of scriptures that, that tell us to be happy in our singleness. But for those who do want to be married, what better place to learn like Jesus, about Jesus and his love than the church? I encourage you to treat her like your bride until you find one. I encourage you because Lord knows it helped me. And I'm not saying I'm, I'm, I'm the, the golden standard by no means. Many of you know that. But about, what, about a month ago, I was uh, just, just blessed to receive the gift of a young woman's hand in marriage. Um, uh, Miss uh, Kiana Johnson, she's probably hiding right now. There, there she is over there. Um, but I, I got engaged to that young lady. I know what you're thinking, miracles do come true. Uh, but uh, God's been good. But, but you know what? I don't even think I would have thought of myself being remotely prepared to one day love a woman like Jesus loved the church if it hadn't started here. If it hadn't start, started with taking sisters on dates. And guys, I've been on 100. I've, I've been on lots of dates, but I've been thankful for them because I've learned so much from my sisters. The sisters have, have man, they've groomed me. They've helped the brother out. And honestly, I still go to them for advice now on how, on how to love Kiana. But that started as a single man taking sisters on dates. And guys, man, I have so many mothers in the church. Women who like, Dennis, you're being a knucklehead. Let me help you out there. You know, um, so I've been blessed. And so when, when Jeff was talking earlier about taking sisters on dates, like, man, getting to know sisters, like, I amen it all day long because Lord knows it's, it's been, you know, just beautiful and helping me. But Kamiko, I know you, I'm, I've been doing too much talking. Go ahead, Kamiko. Come on, Kamiko. Can y'all hear me? Okay, thank you. Sorry, guys, I'm, I'm sick, but I'm not contagious. <laughs> it's the sinus thing, so please bear with me. Um, and I just want to say, uh, first, I just love how Dennis just speaks. He speaks from his heart, um, and this is his life. I'm sure you, you may even know him more than I know him, but for what I know of you, Dennis, you're, you're great. He's a great friend to my friend, Kiana. <laughs> and so um, it's an honor to be able to speak with you today, too. Thank you, Kamiko. Um, and so my, my task, the first part of what I'm sharing about, is looking at how the sisters can love the church. And so um, for me, I love the word love. 
I literally have hearts in my, my notes here. And, you know, when I sign off on my cards and my emails, I have heart, Kamiko. I mean, it's just something that I want people to feel loved. I don't want people to walk away feeling like they have, like, what did she just say? Why did she say that? Um, you know, but just because I believe in it doesn't mean I always show it. And so we have to, you know, really go through it and look at it practically. And what um, Jeff and Dennis have already been speaking about, like John 13 and Acts 2, you know, it really helps set us up. It tells us basically like what to do, love, <laughs> and how to do it. Be with one another, have true fellowship, which we're going to go into more of, like Dennis said, with the koinonia. And um, just looking at the Bible, um, just seeing three women that I saw as great examples of loving the church as Jesus has called us to. And that's Rebecca, it's Tabitha, and Priscilla. And I think about those three women, and like just with Rebecca, Genesis 24, one of my favorite stories of all time. Um, it's like she was in the right place at the right time. You know what? She was living her best life. <laughs> you know, she was serving. She was doing all she could do. And, you know, um, I'm sure most of you are pretty familiar with this story. If not, just bear with me. And it's in Genesis 24, just in case. And when she was going out to um, draw water, a servant came out there, and she was even loving to her servant. And I say it that way because, you know, sometimes we have some people that we may not be that fond of. But she was still serving in that way. She said she didn't care who they were. She was giving them water, and she gave the servant's camel some water. You know, and because she did that, she was showing hospitality. And in the end, she ended up finding the love of her life. She ended up falling in love with Isaac, and they had a great marriage. And we all know them as being pillars of today. You know, you go on, and um, I know I have more questions. I may go into those later. But just looking at what is our plan of hospitality? You know, for other people, are we planning, like, a hosting a prayer group time at our place? Are we having, like, cookouts at our place and have, like, a yard sale if we have those? Or different things that are going on, you know? And then um, I look at Tabitha, and she's in Acts 9. And she was always doing good. She was always helping the poor. She was always having these acts of kindness for the community and for those around her. And so, and if you know this story, she actually ended up passing away. She died. And because she was so vital to her community and giving to those around her, she was revived. And that is a miracle. She gave so much that people were like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. You know, and sorry, side note, I'm looking around at so many people because I see this in your lives <laughs> as well. Um, so if I pause, I'm thinking about things you've done to encourage me and people in the church as well. Um, but just also looking at how God allowed her to be brought back to life by Peter. You know, I'll just think about us. Like, have we ever needed to be brought back to life? Do we need to be revived, you know, in any kind of way? It's like right now we have the saying here at North River. It's like having a new life in the new year. You know, just thinking about that, it's like how we can always have a time to be rebooted, to be pruned and be brought back to life. You know, it's like repentance is an honor. It's not a given. You know, and when we get the opportunity to really specifically encourage our sisters and encourage our brothers, do we really have a specific plan when we come? No matter, well, not even just the church, but wherever we are in our everyday life to encourage someone, to specifically seek them out. You know, or even in Bible studies, you know, having those strong relationships, uh, building stronger relationships with disciples in those Bible studies. Um, and then going on to um, Priscilla, you know, we know about Priscilla and Aquila, um, one of the main couples that we see in the New Testament about really serving, and they helped convert Paul, I'm sorry, her, um, they helped convert Apollos. And you think about that, it's like, wow. A woman in this time teaching a man how to love God? Hmm, okay, she must have done something right. And just thinking about that, it's like the best thing we could ever do for our family is to do our best spiritually. 
you can't do anything else. You can just do what you can do and do it consistently. You know, she helped her husband convert Apollos. She had the great opportunity to serve alongside him. It's sort of like those in the ministry now, the women um, and the men they serve together as husband and wife. And so I ask us, are the scriptures written on our hearts? You know, like Psalm 119.11 says, I, I have hidden your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. I want to give my all to God. And then thinking, um, this is one of my personal favorites, is thinking about Titus 2 for the women. It's like, like a, who is the next woman that we're training up in that way? You know, it's like we, I mean, there's so many things that we can teach, and that's coming later more some practicals. But um, just think about Titus 2, verse 1 through 8. Um, and there's so many ways we can think about training as well. Because um, I, I did a lot of things growing up, like cheerleading and sports and basketball and band. You think about doing those things, you're very strategic in those things. You have a very specific time. you got a coach. He's going to tell you what to do. You don't have a conversation about what he said to do. <laughs> you pretty much do it, and then you see some great results from that. Um, and so I was like, not only are we just called to make disciples, but we're also called to baptize them. And that's a way that we can love the church is by giving and serving um, whenever we're called to do that. We'll pass it back to you, dear. Appreciate it, Kamiko. Yeah, this list is serving through sickness. I, this is one of the reasons I respect her. Um, so two practicals we really want to dig into. The first one is consider. Um, in building a culture of kononia, you have to consider. And, of course, background scripture here is Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. It's one, again, that probably you guys have a coffee mug with it on it. Um, but uh, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as in the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. You know, the, 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 the original language, in the original language, the word how wasn't even included for the scripture. The literal translation reads, consider each other for love and good deeds. So what this says is, know each other. Get close, stay close, and consider a particular person and their particular needs. Because you're all uniquely wired and designed. And God meant it that way on purpose. We're not all meant to be, you know, uh, the same way. And sometimes we want to force that, but that, that's not how God intended it. Uh, and so at the end of the day, what we have to do is take a step back and say, what can I learn about this person? How can I consider them and their unique needs? Um, so a couple of practicals around that. And these are, you know, things that I've, I've had a couple of my family groups we've, we've done together and have been helpful. So take it for what it is. These are tools. Uh, the first one is considering each other's spiritual gifts. You know, if you're baptized into the Lord, filled with the Holy Spirit, the Bible's clear. You have gifts. You can't, you can't sit around and say, well, woe is me. I'm... I'm, I'm just, you know, the worst of the worst. You know, I have nothing to offer. Wrong. Scripture says otherwise. And so we, we actually have a spiritual gift survey. I know you're thinking that's nerdy. Yes, it is. But it at least gets the conversation going. Uh, it's a life way. And if you guys are interested, I'll email you. But it, it gets us going. And, and we actually did it. Uh, Keon and I actually lead our group, uh, a group together. And we did it our group a couple weeks back. And two of the sisters realized through the survey, like, oh, I think I have the gift of being a shepherdess. You know what? I, I, I didn't even think, but think about it, but I do. And now I want to take part in building up women, having those relationships where I'm training people up. So it inspired them. So that's something, again, 
you know, take for what it's worth. Something got the, the conversation going and allowed us to encourage one another. Um, actually, maybe I should have mentioned this one first, but this is a quote I got from a uh, leadership expert named John Ma uh, Maxwell, where <laughs> he says that you should try to catch someone doing something right. You know, because it's easy. It's easy to catch people doing something wrong. You know, that doesn't take too much talent. But to actually catch someone doing something right, man, and then using that as an opportunity to encourage them in that. Oftentimes, that thing may be their spiritual gift. So when we're in fellowship, are we taking the time to actually see how someone is building up the body? How they're, what, what, and even considering what part of the body are they? Are they someone who could be a good teacher? Are they someone who's just great at administration? Amen for those who are great at administration. <laughs> but are we, are we taking the time to really encourage them in that by seeking to catch them doing something right? Kamiko, you had anything there? Add to that one? Okay. Okay. So, um, I know most of us, if not all of us, have heard of the book, The Five Love Languages. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, we have this. You know, um, do you know your sisters? Do you know your brother's love language? You know, and do they know yours? You know, and then being able to soon get into it, knowing that these relationships are also known as like koinonia kind of relationships. Mm -hmm. um, it can be, you know, I just want to share, a, a, I guess more so of a situation this year, because 2018 was a, a pretty difficult year for me. And um, just at um, one of the jobs that I had earlier this year, it was just very difficult working with some coworkers. I had an assistant that um, it was more, I felt like it was so much insubordination, and that was mm -hmm. supposed to be my assistant, um, because there was a family connection there. And so um, I just really had to, um, I can't get emotional. Stuffy. <laughs> Come on, Kamiko. Come on, Kamiko. Um, but it was it was so very tough. I mean, to to see, you know, to, you know, to have people that you work with that are just looking in your face and just tell you, no, I'm not doing that. Mm. You know, and um, it was great that a brother really stepped up because he literally he lived around the corner from where I worked, and I had to go to lunch one day. So we just went to lunch, and he just listened to everything that I shared. I mean, every single thing. He didn't go to sleep. You know, he did not off. You know, he was, <coughs> he was very focused. He was looking me in my eye. He, you know, he was giving great input, the three words that he could give. You know, it was, I mean, <laughs> I just really needed it. And that was just something that, that I just really, I had to have at that time because it was just a very difficult time for me. And just really him taking the time to listen like it talks about in James, being very quick to listen and slow to speak. Because, you know, knowing him, you know, he could have said something that was like, could have made me, you know, go off the rails and just, like, you know, I'm done with lunch, bye. <laughs> you know, but he didn't, you know. And I just, I'm just very grateful for him because he is in this room. But I just wanted to say, tell him thank you, but then to also, you know, encourage us to do those same kinds of things because I needed it, you Amen. know. So. Hey, man. Um, so a lot of these things are uh, helpful. Uh, particularly on an individual level. But we want to take a step back and talk about even thinking about how to consider things on a ministry level. Uh, one of the things that we did uh, about four months ago as a ministry, the Edge here at North River, we, we had what, what, what we dubbed koinonia conversations. And we broke up uh, the ministry into brothers and sisters. And at two separate times, we had conversations about the state we had a basically a state of the union about 
the koinonia, the, the relationships between brothers and sisters. The brothers had their own conversation. They were able to, to get real and to share their heart, but with the mindset of how can we improve things, not just talk about our sisters, uh, but how can we actually build up our sisters? And then the sisters did the same. And then we came together and we talked through a couple of those things. And so what we're going to do is just share at high level some of the nuggets that we took away from this, those times. And we think it's okay because we don't have any, any names attached to those comments, so you guys can't beat them up. To start with the sisters, um, these are some of the points, and then we're going to end with the solution. We're not just giving. <laughs> this one was on um, some people's hearts. It says, hanging out with a smaller group of people, like three women and three men, you know, not like six women and six men. It just gives more space and opportunity for us to connect more. Um, let me go on. Having group hangouts, because it doesn't put pressure on a particular brother to ask a sister. Um, and then respecting brothers and sisters when they're talking in the fellowship. Not just, you know, making it weird to project on them to act like it's something more than just a friendship. Um, and then when you, <laughs> I like this one. It says, um, when you want to introduce someone, just do it as friends. Not, hey, I think you two will be good for each other. <laughs> you know? um, and then um, just training people to say, it was just one conversation. We just met. <laughs> you know, um, We have to be okay with those conversations and not putting those thoughts in our heads and you know, our brothers and sisters' heads. Hey, man, appreciate that, Kamiko. And uh, from the brothers' time, we, we, we had a couple of things that came to light. Um, and these may seem basic, but amen. I think they're in the right direction. Uh, the brothers uh, concluded that it, it is help, it is, brothers are helped spiritually by encouraging sisters. We need it. We learn how to love our sisters and others through our hangouts and even encouragement dates. Um, we can encourage sisters in different ways. You don't have to break the bank. You can just have a time as simple as uh, getting together in the house and cooking spaghetti. You know, a lot of brothers let, let the money hang out, uh, get them hung up on, well, I can't spend time. You don't have to spend a lot of money. As a matter of fact, some of my best, best times, uh, you know, with my, my fiance, of course, uh, have been you know, our Starbucks talks, you know, we, we've had some great times. I've had great hangouts with sisters that weren't, weren't you know, going out on, you know, uh, dates that just, you know, hurt my pocketbook. Um, and then, uh, lastly, uh, we as men do see it as our responsibility to initiate and take the lead on shaping the culture in our fellowship. And we be, believe we're called to do that and that the sisters want that from us. And so some of the solutions, well, the men took upon themselves to, to, to take action. And so what we did was we formed a group of seven. We thought that was biblical. I think that's in Acts chapter 17. Uh, you guys can fact check me on that. I think I may be wrong. But there was a group of seven men that, were, that came together to address the needs in the church and at that time, it was like widows who were being missed and not getting their portion of the, the food that was being distributed. So we took that biblical model and said, we as seven brothers are going to come together and take care of the needs of our church, which one of the biggest being is just time to hang out. At, you know, we've, we've gone to a model where we're meeting in community, so we're not all getting together as singles. So this was an opportunity for us to just address some low-hanging fruit. 
you know. So every month, a different brother has taken it upon himself to, to have and set up a time, a hangout time, that everybody can come to. That takes a lot of work. That takes a lot of work, but we're getting help from our sisters even in that. You know, recently, uh, Brother Gary set uh, up a bonfire. Uh, Gino had his housewarming party. Uh, we had a whirly ball time after that. If you guys don't know what whirly ball is, look it up. You'll be, you, you, will, you will be encouraged by seeing it. But that's, that's what we've done. And again, you know, that's not perfect. We still have a lot to talk about. Encouragement dates, what is an encouragement date, all that. We're starting with the basics, and that's just building great friendships. The rest will follow from that. You know, if we just concentrate on treating each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, building friendships, the rest will follow. Um, I'm running out of time, so I'm going to make this quick. Uh, but the next um, practical is really serving regardless of emotions. Um, because a lot of these brothers have never planned before. And so for a lot of us, it was taking us out of our comfort zones. Because we, you know, brothers are, aren't typically the ones who are known for hospitality or any of that. Um, but we decided to take the initiative, and through that, we got to see how God just honored that. You know, for a reference scripture, Philippians 2, verse, uh, two verses 2 to 3, uh, Paul says that we're to uh, serve humbly. And from that, uh, to treat others' needs is better than our own. And, of course, that's challenging because sometimes it's hard to see beyond ourselves. And if we're being honest, oftentimes we have to have the feelings to go along with the action. You know, sometimes, we, honestly, we can be selfish in that way. For brothers, as Jeff mentioned, oftentimes that leads us to only take out sisters we're interested in, you know, or, or to give the time of the day to, to brothers who we have something in common, lots of things in common with. We don't bear it with each other in, in, in love. And um, like what C.S. Lewis says, and I'll, I'll uh, say this, and Kamika, I'll let you jump in. Uh, but C.S. Lewis says this, uh, though natural liking should normally be encouraged, it would be quite wrong to think that uh, the way to become charitable is to sit trying to manufacture artificial feelings. The rule for all of us is perfectly simple. Do not waste time bothering whether you love your neighbor. Act as if you did. As soon as we do this, we find one of the great secrets. When you are behaving as if you love someone, you will come to love him. If you injure someone you dislike, you will find yourself disliking him more. If you do him a good turn, that's British talk, you know, turn, um, a good deed, uh, you will find yourself disliking him less. The worldly man treats certain people kindly because he likes them. The Christian trying to treat everyone kindly finds himself liking more and more people as he goes on, including people he cannot even have imagined himself liking at the beginning. Basically what C.S. Lewis is saying is that slowly but sure, surely, uh, emotions catch up to behavior. If you, if you uh, don't give up and proceed to love people that may be dubbed unlovely, you will find yourself eventually loving them. Um, <laughs> this is great. And I think just, I even want to just go back to the Magnificent Seven, <laughs> yeah. you know, and just really facilitating these times to be able to do just that, you know, because nobody really cares about how much you know until they know how much you care. Amen. I'm sure, you know, we, we know that 
and but then also it's hard for us to love others when we don't feel loved ourselves. You know, so we need to first figure out how we feel loved and then so that way we can love other people. And, and I think it's great just even thinking about, okay, we're going to have these times with to have the housewarming, to have the bonfires, to, for the sisters to actually go, <laughs> you know, and support. Not come in with opinions and to have that constructive criticism, even though it may be the, the most wonderful constructive criticism, <laughs> it may not be the opportunity. <laughs> you know, it was at that moment, it's like, y'all did a great job. <laughs> I'm coming. Ooh. I will bring the that ice. You know? <laughs> yeah, you know, whatever I need to bring, I'm coming, and I'm bringing some friends. And I, I just remember, um, I think it was going to Gino's housewarming. It was so, there were so many people there. <laughs> and um, just some, and a lot of visitors. You know, it was great to meet, I mean, his, his manager came out, his coworkers came out, yep. and just getting to talk to one of um, his um, coworkers' girlfriends who came out. It's like, <laughs> she didn't even work there. <laughs> and so um, when she came, getting the chance to really connect with her, and to, you know, getting her to come out here, we um, serve the orphans and we do a 5K every year. She was so excited about doing that. So, you know, you just never know what people like to give and do. Oh, I would have never known that if we didn't have that housewarming from the brothers really answering, you know, a need of our ministry. Hey, man, appreciate that, Kamiko. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm about to close, and then I think we have time for some questions. Uh, but Matthew 5, 46 through 47. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and read it. It's this is Jesus talking. He says, if you love those who, who love you, what reward will you get? Do not even tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even Gentiles do the same? Um, it's a call, a call to love when it may be challenging. Um, but I want to close with the practical that I, I got from a sister. Uh, we were talking, I actually was sharing with her that I was going to be, you know, we were going to be having this lesson. And I was like, what would you tell the single? She's a married sister. And she said, I would tell them this, to purify their motives. Uh, and I was like, wait, what does that mean? And she was like, back in the day when I was single and there was a brother I was interested in, I would seek to purify my motives. I would take the time to encourage four other brothers before I even thought about encouraging him. So that by that time, I had a heart that truly was focused on encouragement. And I was like, wow, how powerful is that? Purify your motives. So guys, that's all we got. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, so I guess we have some time for questions. How are we on time? Anybody keep going? We're good. Michelle? Oh. Yeah, well, yeah, I think there's, yes, yes. Sister. Thank you. And I've been going on dates for quite some time. Just they get into this loop of just encouraging dates. Like they don't they don't especially the brothers, they don't get out of this loop. So what would you suggest? What do you uh, think a scripture goes? Um, what would you suggest or what would you think it will help in those scenarios where they just get into this loop of encouraging dates and that's it, and it dies on that? Okay. Uh, so if I understand the question correctly, uh, let me repeat it back. Uh, you guys, did you guys hear that? Okay. Uh, uh, basically what the, our sister was saying was that oftentimes people just get in a, uh, a loop of going on encouragement dates, and there's really no follow-up, if I'm understanding you. No follow-up, no building of, of friendship um, through that. And what are some, some scriptures that are really... 
or suggestions on 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 doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think one of the things that you know similarly came up in our conversations, and one of the things that we uh, really took a step back in, in in figuring out was like, hey, before we even step step foot on on going on encouragement dates, we need to actually take the time to get to know our sister. That was part of considering. Um, so having like spent time to ask questions and to you know let some time go by, you know, and just getting to know her before we even move to that step of of going on encouragement dates and really seeking to just build the friendship in general. Um, but I'm open to any, any other scriptures or suggestions. We don't have a monopoly on this. So if you guys have any suggestions, any scriptures, yeah, anybody can share. Wouldn't that be something that you just have to uh, speak truthfully about? Because maybe they're just not thinking from that perspective. So if just sharing like, hey, I just feel like it's just encouragement here, but it doesn't really go into a deeper friendship. Mm -hmm. So wouldn't that just go into communicating that to each other? Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I, going away, I missed most of that. Kamiko, did you hear? Um, I just share a little bit too, and hopefully we can talk more if I don't answer it specifically, because I'm not the guru for all the women, yeah. <laughs> all the men. Um, but just thinking about what encouragement dating is, I think just the, tar the term encouragement dating in general, hmm. encouragement, <laughs> you know, that's it. it's sort of like an extension of fellowship from church. Um, but the thing that I see that can work the most from that is like when you see the sister, you see the brother in the fellowship, just at least saying a hello, <laughs> you know, because I think after that, you don't, we don't even know them. It's like, do they still go here? You know, it's like just saying hello, because that's the whole point is encouragement and saying following up on that prayer, like just with my job, you know, just saying, hey, how's it going? I prayed for you, <laughs> you know, um, because more than likely that brother could be taking out many sisters. It's hard for him to remember everything, yeah. you know, or the sister. It's like if you're going on so many dates, it's probably hard for you to remember a lot of things that you're praying about mm -hmm. for the brothers, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's the whole point. It's like encouragement dating is truly an encouragement. You know, yeah. we shouldn't have these parameters. <laughs> we got five minutes. Okay. Um, <laughs> parameters around, you know, what it should be like. Okay, if you ask me out, then you must like me, and then we, we have to go to this next step. You know, but truly what encouragement dating is. And so I think, I mean, we're all adults. We can have a healthy communication about, hey, we're brother and sister in Christ. Mm -hmm. If we truly think about our brother like our brother, mm -hmm. then would you want to really date your brother? You know, we want to handle it healthy, you know, have a healthy foundation. I mean, we're going to have, you know, um, feelings. We're going to, you know, want to, at some point you might you fall in love or, you, you know, you have an interest. But there's a way that you go about that part. So I think mm -hmm. when it comes to just encouragement dating, let's leave it there as encouragement. That should be for our entire lives if we're, you know, really handling mm -hmm. the encouragement as we should. Yeah. Does that help? I'm going to listen to the question. I'll repeat it back. Go, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And so a lot of times I think you're, sometimes you're looking for someone to take the first step in their initiative. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times you do put that on your brothers. And I think you have to you have to be willing to put yourself out there as a big sister too. Mm -hmm. And so if you have had that encouragement date or if you have had that time together and you remember something about them or your current story that's mm -hmm. you about them or whatever, even taking that first step to just follow up and be like, hey, you know, I haven't we haven't connected since the date, but hey, how's this going for you? Like that. 
Yeah, and and, that, and that's such a great point. Um, uh, a sister, she's actually here today, uh, went on an encouragement date, and I talked about how I'm trying to grow my leadership. And she actually brought, bought me a book on some people, some people talk and some people connect. It's a John Maxwell book. And, and since then, we've been talking about that. That's kept the conversation going. So you're right. It, it's a two-way, it is a two-way street. And sisters, you know, they can, they can definitely follow up on that. So, amen. Any other? Brother? I'm going to keep the mic and actually not talk in front of the, but, but feel free to project. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Amen. All right, guys, for the sake of time, we're going to close it out there. And I really love what the brother said, so I think that's a good note to leave on. So thank you guys for your time. I think we're going to have a 10-minute, or are we just going straight to the next class? All right, I'll let Michelle. More changes. Thank you. Thank you so, so much, Dennis and Kamiko. Thank you. Thank you.